Well, this week was a difficult week for me because uh, I've toyed with a sermon that I wanted to preach, but it just would not at all come together for me. And so I was moaning and groaning around the house about it this weekend, and I said, Sue, I just can't get it together. And she goes, well, maybe that God's telling you you need to be able to preach something else, and maybe that's the case. And so I came in this morning, uh, left early this morning, um, and... uh, Got here 5.15 or so this morning and, um, and started trying to really, you know, I got some things in my mind, started m- making sure I could be able to spit them out in a semi-intelligent way, and it just really wasn't coming together. So by 6 o'clock, I, said, I was just said, Lord, I don't think I can do this. I'm just going to have to pull something out of the barrel that I preached before because I'm not, I just don't think that I could be able to pull this together. But in the next, you know, 15 or 20 minutes, I just couldn't shake the fact that I wanted to address as a pastor to our congregation some pastoral thoughts concerning this phenomenon that has swept our country in the last eight or nine weeks. Who knows what I'm talking about? Tebow. <laughs> I just felt like from a pa- pastor's perspective, I needed to talk about maybe some of the good things about some of the things that are going on and maybe some things we have to be careful about. And I don't think I've ever preached a message like this before, that I cannot really be able to go to a scripture and say I'm anchoring it right here in this scripture. But I really couldn't shake it this morning. And so uh, I'm going to share with you at least some thoughts that, that are in my spirit as a pastor. Uh, to the people that I have some, some supervision over, at least some spiritual supervision over, and just tell you my heart on this and some things that you can chew on uh, about this whole Tebow mania. That is now over now as a result of a 42 to 10 loss last night. And at least it's over until the next uh, football season when uh, something happens. I don't know. I've been aware of Tim Tebow for quite some time. I'm an SEC football fan. And so I can remember Tim even as a freshman was so you knew you had something special when you were watching him, even as a backup quarterback to Chris Leak at the University of Florida. In his freshman year, you could see something very special in him. And that was before we even knew about the whole Christian angle of all of this. And so now it's become known and worldwide, and I saw in some poll that ESPN, uh, some ESPN poll that said he was the most popular athlete in all of uh, the world, and I don't, all of the United States, and I don't know if he is uh, just experiencing his 15 minutes of fame or this will be able to last for a career. I have no clue, but I just wanted to, in a pastoral way, be able to talk to you. What are some of the things, some of the lessons, some of the that we can be able to learn from this whole Tebow mania. And I assume everyone knows what I'm talking about. Unless you haven't watched TV or been on the Internet or or read a newspaper, uh, you've known that that there's this quarterback for the Denver Broncos that is very very in-your-face concerning his faith. And that has caused quite a phenomenon, and quite a number of people are jumping on his bandwagon, and an equal number of people are on the other side of it and and, uh, are quite detractors of his. And he's had several, um, uh, he's had some success this year and some some, uh, late game comebacks, and people have all wondered about divine providence and all of this, and whether God really cares who wins a football game or not, and 
And so he throws for 316 yards, and everybody goes, John 316, God is speaking to us here. And <laughs> even though there's no telling how many 316s there are in all the Bible, it could have been talking about uh, uh, Malachi 316 for all I know about. But let me talk to you just a little bit from my heart. What are some things that we can learn from this whole Tebow thing? First of all, I think we can be able to learn no, no matter what platform that we have. What platform that God has given us, we can be able to use that for his glory and use that to be able to influence people. Now, 99.9% .9 of all the people in the world would not be given the platform that Tim Tebow has been given. But whatever platform that you have been given, whatever platform that we have been given, can we use that in such a way to influence people positively? And your way to influence people will probably be different than Tebow's way to influence people. I don't know how many of you are going to be putting eye black on your, underneath your eyes as you go to work, but you'll choose to influence people in some way. God has given you some type of a platform. And just because God has given you the, not the kind of platform he's given Tebow doesn't mean that you don't have a platform. You do. You may, you may be a school teacher. You have a platform. Obviously, you've got to be very careful as a school teacher or you'll be, lose your job. But I can remember when, when I was a high school basketball coach, I, I led the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. He'd given me a platform. He'd given me a platform, and I used that in whatever way that I could. Not in probably in, in the in-your-face the way that, that Tebow does, but I used that. When I was no longer a basketball uh, a coach and just a teacher, I would do silly things. I mean, I was a math teacher, and, and I would be wor working problems or come up with some word problem that had something like, uh, our youth group went to the Chicago Cubs game. Uh, the tickets for the Chicago Cubs game cost $15 and 20 of us, or whatever it would be, some type of problem. I, I would throw in there something about youth group, something about church, and be able to use the type of platform then that I have. And from that platform, I don't really know what eternal things have come from that platform. Someone contacted me on Facebook that I couldn't even remember and said some very nice things concerning me and that that platform that I was using, and people knew that I was uh, a Christian, but I, I, I at least know that, that one man that came to the Lord and, and is now in youth ministry in the church of the Nazarene, simply because I was kind of out about my faith, not, not with anything with eye pain or, or even mentioning the word Jesus in class, but just dropping a little thing here and a, dropping a little thing there. The assistant principal that used to come around, you know how the assistant principal used to come around and ask for some people out of class because they had to go to detention or something, something like that? So Coach Gommers, a football coach, came around to do that at Sterling High School in Sterling, Illinois, and we went to the same church and we in the same Sunday school class. And every now and then I'd say, wasn't that a great Sunday school lesson yesterday, Coach? Just for the whole class. I had a platform, had a platform, and I used it. What platform has God given you? Uh, maybe you're a mom. You got a platform. You have a platform. Your dad, your grandparents, you have a platform. You have a platform to be able to wield some influence in the life of the people that you have some influence over. School teacher, people you work with, God has given you some type of platform.
Tebow is using that platform as he chooses, as he sees fit, as the way that he feels like God wants him to use that. He's using that platform, and when Team Tebow speaks, it goes all the way across the world via the Internet very quickly. And with all his Twitter followers, it goes all the way across. We don't have that type of platform, but each of us in some way have a platform that God has given us. You're a counselor in Crosswalk. You are a Sunday school teacher. You're in a small group with other people that you have some influence over. Whatever large or small platform that God has given you, uh, would you use that? And we can learn that from this whole Tebow thing. Another thing that's closely related to that is the whole 24-7 nature of Tim's faith. And it's closely related to using the platform, but Tim is very 24-7 about his faith. It's, it's, it's not, a, not a faith that he just be able to keep to, to his uh, church life or whenever he goes to church or wherever he goes to church. It's just not something that he keeps to himself, as a lot of people would, would want you to be able to keep to yourself. He, it's 24-7 for Tim. And as much as we can be able to understand about his life, his faith totally engulfs engulfs his life and is the number one thing about his life. And that's a continual reminder to all of us that this thing is not just something we put on on Sunday morning, that this thing is not something that, that, that we just do to be able to uh, uh, do our religious duty. It's a 24-7 type of lifestyle. And that is shown very easily in Tim's life. And for everything that we've ever read about Tebow and everything that we've been able to uncover about him so far, he's very authentic and he's very real about his life. And let me tell you, if there's something that wasn't authentic and wasn't real, it's going to be turned over because there's going to be a whole lot of, 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 of accountability that he's got now because there's going to be a whole lot of people wanting to bring him down. And if there's something that's not true about his life or that's not authentic about his life or there's some, somehow hypocritical about his life, we're going to hear about it sooner or later. But we haven't heard about it yet. For at least three years in college, from the sophomore year that he won the Heisman Trophy all the way through now, there's been a tremendous spotlight upon him. And for all accounts, we know that he lives his Christian life in a 24-7 type of way. Do I? Do we? As a congregation, do that. There's a verse in Colossians, chapter 3, verse 17, I think, that kind of backs this up from the New International Version. Apostle Paul writing on the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. I, I want to be a 24-7 Christian. I want to be a Christian when someone cuts me off on 675. I want to be a Christian when Levi's just gotten on my last nerve. <laughs> and boy, that's hard. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it in a 24-7 way. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And I don't know how that how that works into your life. I kind of know how it works into mine. Some 24-7 things that aren't in my life. But I think one thing that we can grab from all this Tebow mania thing is to be able to understand the 24-7 nature of his faith. And I think of the faith that is, that is really listed for us here in God's Word. That it's an absolute 24-7 type of thing. 
I think one other thing that we can be able to learn about is this old Tebow thing. And as much as we can learn about his life and more will be uncovered about his life is the, is the godly influence that his parents had upon him. As we learn more about him and learn about what makes him tick, we learn that he was raised on a 44-acre farm outside of Jacksonville, Florida. He was homeschooled, and this is no advertisement for homeschooling. It's just a fact. He was homeschooled by missionary parents that, that, that in a very intentional way invested their lives in all of their sons and their daughters. They have two daughters and three sons. And it has all reaped uh, wonderful benefits and that we can never, ever, ever underestimate the godly influence that moms and dads have in the home. And you cannot understand, the more I read and the more I learn about this young man who has been something of a national phenomenon, can you imagine if, he had, if they had won last night? I mean, this whole thing would have been turned upside down if he had won last night. Uh, this phenomenon that you can't understand this phenomenon that we have been struck with for the last eight or nine weeks of Tim Tebow without understanding his mom and dad and without understanding the home that he was raised in. In a very intentional way, they went about molding and sculpting their family and the dividends they've reached. The book of Proverbs said that if you raise up a child in the way he should go, in the end he will, no depart, will not depart from it. That is no promise Proverbs are proverbs. They're not promises. Proverbs are, are just generally the way life goes. Generally the way life goes. No guarantee, but generally the way life goes when you intentionally, in a 24-7 way, try to carve out and mold and sculpt a Christian young man. Um, there can be some really godly consequences come to that. You know, some people all joke about us that we have five boys, and I say, well, you need to get a, you need to get a girl. You need to get a girl. I don't know what will happen. But you know why I want boys? And it's not that we don't want girls. It's not. Well, girls are expensive, one thing. This is, this is about as honest as I can be to you here. Uh, you know why I want boys? And this is this no way me no way puts down little girl babies. It's just Mark and his weirdness. Uh, I want boys because we have a desperate, desperate, desperate need for godly men in this country. Not that we don't have a need for godly women. desperate need for godly men. And there is no promise that all of our five boys or six boys or however many boys we end up with will end up as godly men. But the chances are much greater being raised in the home that they will be in. What, what can we learn from Pebomania? Well, we can learn that his about a mom and a dad that very intentionally went out, even though they had, a, they have, they had, and they have a wonderful ministry in the Philippines, a mom and dad that went very intentionally in a 24-7 way to build a godly family. I think we have a verse up here, Jeff, don't we? From uh, 
Psalm, do we have Psalm 78 up here? There it is. If I can put my glasses, what do I do with my glasses? Brian Stahl's going to get on me if I don't get his eyes done like he wants me to do them. All right. Psalm 78, we will not hide these truths from our children, but we'll tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord. Obviously, I could have picked a lot of passages here. We will tell of his power and the mighty miracles he did. For he issued his decree to Jacob. That's the same Saint Israel. He gave his law to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children. So the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born, that they in turn might teach their children. So each children can set its hope anew on God, remembering his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. Go back one slide, please. So the next generations might know them, even the children not yet born. The responsibility that we have in raising our children not only extends to the raising of our children, but to the ones not yet born. Wow. Now, Levi's not going to understand when I discipline him because of the one that's not yet born in his loins yet. He's not going to figure and understand that. Well, that's one of the reasons. So he'll learn right from wrong and then pass that along to the ones not yet born. So as we raise a child, we're in some way raising grandchildren and great-grandchildren for the ones not yet born. What can we learn from Tebow? The godly influence of a mom and dad who very intentionally try to sculpt and mold a Christian man. A Christian woman. One really cool thing is that there was one game he was mic'd. I think when they played the Bears, he was mic'd, and you could hear him throughout the game. And I thought one of the coolest things is the encouragement that he offered. Um, I think his name was Demarius Thomas. After Thomas dropped what was going to be a was a wide open pass or touchdown pass, or not, just just flat out dropped it, and he came back to the sideline and and told Demarius told him, he says, you're going to catch the game winner. You're going to catch the game winner. Hang in there. You're going to catch the game winner. What can we learn from Tebow? If you hear anything about him and read stuff about him, he's an unbelievable encourager. He's an unbelievable encourager to his teammates. And, and that game that he was, Mike, you heard that time and time again. He was an unbelievable encourager. And went right as soon as that guy dropped uh, a touchdown pass or a wide open. I don't remember his touchdown or not. He went, he went straight to him and said, you're going to catch the game winner. Be ready. Keep your head in this. You're going to catch the game winner. And you know what? He did. And he did a couple games later too. The tremendous amount of encouraging that comes out of this young leader's mouth. The Bible says the power has the tongue for life and death. Has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power of life and death. Ephesians 4.29 is a scripture I have, uh, Jeff. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up. 
building others up, encouraging, building others up. The old King James word here was edifying. Talk that builds one another up. I, he could have gone over to, to Daenerys Thomas and they said, hey, man, they're, they're saying I can't pass it all, and finally I hit you and you drop it. But he went over and said, man, you're going to catch the game winner. Stay in the game. You're going to catch the game winner. I can remember LSU's football coach back several years ago. They were playing Kentucky, and at the end of regulation, the guy tried like a 55-yard field goal, and he, it was really, really close, and, uh, he, but he missed it. And I can remember the, the, on the, the, the camera was on the LSU's quarterback's uh, face, as LSU coach's face as the kicker went over to him, and, and the coach said, man, he only missed it this far. Way to go, man. 55-yard field goal, he only missed it that far the encouraging, the building up that should be able to come out of us in the people that we have influence over. I used to use this as a basketball coach, and I know that you've heard it somewhere along the line. I don't have any, no clue who wrote this. I watched them tearing a building down, a gang of men in a busy town. With a heave and a hoe and a lusty yell, they swung a beam and a sidewall fell. I asked the foreman, are these men skilled? Are these the men you'd hire if you had to build? He gave me a laugh and said, no, indeed. Just common labor is all I need. I can easily reckon a day or two what builders have taken a year to do. And I thought to myself as I went my way, which of these two roles have I tried to play? Am I a builder who works with care, measuring life by the rule and square? Am I shaping my deeds by a well-made plan, patiently doing the best I can, or am I a wrecker who walks the town content with the labor of tearing down? It's easy to be a terror downer. It takes no skill. Common labor is all I need. To be a builder of other people is a skill. And Tim Tebow is a builder of other people. He's an encourager. The word encourage literally means to give courage to. Do I do that? I think as we look at this whole Tebow mania thing, we can be able to, to learn that. I've got a bunch of things written down here that I'm not going to have time to be able to carry, but I, I've got to say this one. We can learn from Tim Tebow that God doesn't care who wins a football game. He says that himself. I mean, Tebow says that himself. And this, this whole media, they plays it up, and is God a Bronco fan? And has Tim Tebow lost his faith now that he lost the Patriots? And all kinds of stupid stuff. Friends, God is not a good luck charm. God is not a good luck charm. You know who wins football games? It's usually the most talented team, even if they're pagans or not. <laughs> so when... Tebow beat the Jets and beat the Bears and beat the Steelers. Those no Christians on those other teams over there? God's not a good luck charm. I don't think God gives a... The upsets happen in all parts of life. And I've heard Tebow say himself that, that hard work always beats talent that doesn't work hard. Hard work always beats talent that doesn't work hard. Friends, 
Tim Tebow is a good football player, not because of the favor of God upon his life, because he's worked his butt off. Sue's going to be mad at me because I said that. But that's the only sports jargon I can be able to use to say it. He just worked. And there's a law that God has put on this universe that what you, what, what you uh, sow, you will reap. And he's been sowing so many good things into his life, he is now reaping all of that. We always think of that as a negative verse, but that's a positive verse. When I sow good things, I'm going to reap good things. And the, the, the reverse of that is true also. God has no favor on the Denver Broncos. God has no favor on Tim Tebow. Galatians 6, 9. Whoever works hard, the pagan, the atheist that works hard, is going to receive, going to reap good things from that. And I think sometimes as Christians, we... We, we, you know, maybe don't work quite as hard as we should because we think we've got God on our side on this. And the only thing we do there is we ruin our testimony. One, one admonition I want to say here in this whole Tebow thing and He's very out about his face, faith. But a verse that we have up here, I think it's Colossians 4, 5. Is that what we have next, Jeff? Colossians 4, 5 says, Be very wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Uh, this is Mark Atherton talking. I, I wonder if the very in-your-face nature of his faith the fact that he is always, like yesterday after they lost, they said, well, you know, how do you feel? Have you lost your faith? No, because you know, I get the opportunity to, go to, to be able to spend time with Zach McLeod. And he goes, this little kid he was taking out afterwards that had some brain injury from football, da, 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 da. I wonder if we're so in your face to our unbelieving friends that some of them can get turned off by that. Am I saying Tebow is wrong? No. I'm saying I think there's a... There's a, something that we have to remember there. If we're constantly throwing it at people, is there a line there that we can cross where we're no longer being wise toward outsiders? I don't know. I'm working with that in my own life, with outsiders that I'm trying to deal with in my own life. Do I, I'm constantly in their face about it. And if you're constantly throwing it in their face, in their face, in their face, is there a time they get worn out with it? There's a time they get worn out with it, and you're doing the reverse of what you intended to do. I don't know. I don't know how this whole Tebow thing will end up, but I think there's an admonition there. And if I was Tim's pastor, I would tell him, just be very wise, Tim, on the way you deal toward outsiders. Be careful who you cast your pearls to. Bible says in Matthew 7, don't cast them before the swine because they'll just turn around and eat you up. So I, I think that's a caution for us in this whole Tebow thing. I think there's one other caution, and I'll close with that. There's a caution for us as regular, everyday, ordinary Christians not to be able to put hope and stock and somehow on Christian celebrities. 
And don't put hope and stock in Tim Tebow. Don't put hope and stock in whatever next Christian celebrity. Jason Bieber's got a Jesus tattoo on his calf right now. <laughs> Justin, I don't even know who it is. My goodness. See, I don't have girls, see? Jason, Justin Bieber's got a Jesus. So he's, a, he's supposed to be this big Jesus guy now. And let's not put hope and faith in Christian celebrities. You know what? Because your experience has been, and my experience has been, they're always going to let you down. Always going to let you down. And, let, and hear me, let's don't put faith in any politicians that come around and attach Jesus to something. They've always let us down. They've always let us down. And they're one of the reasons we have $14 trillion debt right now. It's the Christian celebrities will never usher in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God will always be ushered in by ordinary, common disciples in the Bible and here as well. He didn't go after Pontius Pilate. He went after common, ordinary, uneducated fishermen. Christian celebrities is not the deal. It says ordinary Joes and Janes like me and like you doing little insignificant tasks on the platform that God has given us that the kingdom of heaven will be ushered in on. Praise God for people that he's given a platform to like the Tim Tebow's of the world. But that's not the ordinary. The ordinary. The, the ordinary is all of us. And even though you haven't been given a platform like he has, you've been given a platform. Will you use it? Maybe not in the same way that Tebow is trying to use his, but will you use it with the same motive and the same intent and the same desire but it seems like Tim is using his platform. Can we stand together, please? Father, this morning, take this rather unorthodox message. And would you just use it in our lives so we can, who, we who are common, everyday, run-of-the-mill disciples, you can use us by your grace and by your favor in an uncommon way. And while we don't have the platform that some do, we still can use the platform we have. We still can live our Christian life in a 24-7 way. We still can be able to encourage other people. We still cannot attach God to us like some good luck charm and it's all the Tim Tebow's that will come down the pipe. May we be thankful for them, but also know that where the rubber meets the road is an ordinary John and Jane Doe's of this church and every other Bible-believing church that are doing their very best to be Christ-like disciples in the nations. Help us. Favor us. Grace us. In the name of your son, Jesus. Thank you so much. You are dismissed.